On this episode, I'll be speaking to project manager Sofia Carobio. Sofia, who studied interior and strategic design, realized later in her education that the things she enjoyed in design related to the management and organization of the projects. It's not a job that was discussed in schools or universities so much, but it is vital to running a project on time and on budget. It will really be interesting to hear from her perspective how a project evolves as she sees it from the very beginning to the very end, and sometimes after it's finished too. Welcome, Sophia, to the first episode. Glad to have you as my first guest. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Since we just released Alphaput last month, I thought it would be interesting to hear about the process of that project. Would that be all right? Yeah, sure. Uh, for those who don't know, would you like to give a little bit of insight into what Alpha Putt is? Sure. So Alpha Putt is a mini golf game based on the letters of the alphabet. So there's 26 levels. Each letter um, has been designed based on a specific theme and has different um, specific soundtrack and different obstacles. Um, so we've got A for airport and Z for Zen Garden and everything in between. So I think it might be slightly different in every studio. So could you briefly describe uh, your role as a project manager and how um, it might be seen in a project? Okay, so normally a project manager is brought on board to keep things on track and to make sure that um, we deliver on time and on budget Mm -hmm. and we fulfill the client's brief. Um, So we uh, organize and plan the work for the resources who are involved um, and we regularly check in with them to see if everything's going okay, if there are any blockers or any problems. Um, And then we regularly check uh, budgets and timelines as well to make sure that we are um, on track with that too. Like why can't designers just like email the client? Do you know like that's not a question to like say? No, no, it's true though. But I think what we also do is we – we are that kind of filter in between the person who's working on the project and the client. I think at times client can be a bit intense or they maybe they just don't understand fully the process and how things work. So I think our job is also to kind of take that pressure away from designers or developers and just make sure that we interrupt their work when it's necessary, not for any little thing or any little question. And also it's about managing the client's expectations as well. Uh, I think for people who are so immersed in what they're doing, sometimes it's difficult to maybe explain how they've approached something or like we are able to maybe say, um, take that step back and like manage the client's expectations as well. No, I completely agree. I think that designers and developers and artists too, like have this, they don't have a business mind always. Some do, but I think it's more normal for them to like not have a really like rationale seeking mind when they're working on a project because you're right they can be so like in deep in it and so like it's hard to to detach themselves maybe from it yeah so I think we we try and and make sure that everyone in the team can do their job at their best Mm. Uh, so we filter things and like we 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 try and take as much pressure as possible away from people um yeah, and make sure that they can actually focus on the task. It's interesting. I, you don't learn, I didn't learn about project management in school at all. And it's now like being in a studio and seeing how like the things work. Do I realize, and talking to other people who I know who work in design agencies or design 
situations that don't have project management and you really see how much um, pressure and stress it puts on them because if they're not clear about where the project is going and also like if the communication between like the designer and like the creative director or the designer and the client, if that communication isn't clear, then like you end up like doing a bunch of work that isn't right. Yeah. And so I think in my, from my perspective, like as a designer, that's something that is like so invaluable, invaluable. So valuable. We are the go-to people for each project. So um, I think it's important to have someone who knows exactly what's going on at all times, where files are, um, you know, where the passwords are, what the timeline looks like, how many days we've got left to work. And it's like, I think you need a, a, a reference, like a point of like reference in the project. Um, and I think, yeah, it, having that one person kind of knows all about what's going on, knows the client, uh, knows what the brief is, knows what's been discussed about uh, everything, um, it's really it's really helpful as well, um, and I think yeah, um, definitely communication is another point where we uh, try and help as much as we can. Just like um, communicating clearly with the people on the project, so that they know exactly what they're doing for how long um, and what's their objective, but also with the clients, so that they know what to expect when. Um, I think managing expectations, people's expectation expectations. It's like such a big part of what we do every day, internally and externally. Um, and I think that's that doesn't get taught anywhere. Um, there's no like managing expectations 101 uh, mm-hmm. in school, but I think it's just something you learn. And I think um, definitely it's something you can learn. Uh, obviously, the more experience you, you you know you get in the field, the, the better you become at it. But I think there's also a sort of natural um, disposition towards like, you know, understanding people and like um, being, you know, empathetic and like uh, being able to read a room. It's, yeah, it's it's a very important skill to have uh, when you do this job because that kind of really helps. Also, I think I like to think that uh, one of the things I do is to, is I look after the people who work with me in a sense that I like to think that they're, you know, if they're not happy or they're stressed or uh, they can come and talk to me about it. Um, not because I want to be anybody's analyst or anything, but I think you have to have um, that freedom of like saying, look, this is not really working for me. I'm not clear on, on what I'm doing or like uh, the timelines are way too tight. I'll never be able to like being able to express those concerns and like having someone to talk to in the team about them is really important. And I think, um, if you know you meet all the targets and you meet you know you deliver on time and on budget but then everyone on the team is like really stressed and unhappy you failed the project anyway so I think there's definitely like kind of tangible like outputs and deliverables and timelines and deadlines etc but there's also a sort of more kind of qualitative side to it which is like making sure that the people um, can do their best work and like feel happy and um, you know and feel they can do their best on the project as well. That's also, I like to think that that's what we do also mm-hmm. as project managers in the studio. It's super important. It's interesting. I understand you weren't brought onto Alphapup right away. Correct. Well, talk about why that was. So, um, obviously, actually, Alphapup, which was called Holes uh, when it first started, um, it's been a long um, time in the making. So, I think everything started about 
um, over three years ago, so before my time at Senep. And then for a couple of years, it was kind of uh, on and off being kind of resurrected and like put aside various times as every like sort of passion project um, tends to tends to be. But then about a year ago in October last year, Martin and Christoph sort of sat me down and they were like, oh, we think we need some help here, get some structure into the project if we, if we actually want to get it out to market uh, sometime next year. Mm. And then I think my first sort of task was to try and build some structure because I think a lot of like the thinking and and the ideas were captured but in, in a very kind of unorganized way there was no sort of uh, repository of all the knowledge and like or uh, no one had really kept track of like time and money spent on it so at first I sort of uh, doubled a bit um trying to find out you know how much money and time um, had really spent on it uh, and try and figure out the best way to work together on it and uh, so we created a few share documents to keep track of, of the budget and like uh, the status of each level so because obviously work for every letter was kind of running in parallel so different letters were at, in different states at the same time it might seem um, simple but there was no no real way to know where we were with each level so we sort of created this like status document and then we were kind of every week we were running through it trying to sort of keep it up to date and then so that was the kind of beginning of it and then I think towards the end my role kind of evolved uh, into managing the sort of marketing aspect of it as well which was something that at the beginning I wasn't really even thinking about it um, about but uh, obviously a big part of like launching a game is like all the buzz you, you can create around it uh, which was very very interesting so um, a lot of my time was spent sort of um, uh, you know working with a copywriter on press release and like getting in touch with journalists getting in, in touch with bloggers and like trying to like create opportunities for alphabet to be talked about um, and then actually following up with people and like uh, sharing promo codes once the game was out so it kind of went from like creating a little bit of a structure internally to sort of actually uh, talking to people externally trying to promote the game um, and trying to get people excited about it so it was a it was a very interesting one how did you did you guys kind of like prepare on paper like how for the launch you prepared but like did you also have to prepare I don't know in other ways like like emotionally I think yeah I think it was very um well, you were around on the day. <laughs> you've, you've you've seen how uh, intense it got towards towards the time that we were like supposed to uh, release it. I think actually, like yeah, we were like prepared on paper, like we had everything in place, everything was ready to go out. But I think you know when it's your like personal passion project, it's you know it's like your baby. You're never kind of ready to like let it go out um, in the world and like obviously like you get kind of overwhelmed by fear like what are people going to say like now that it's actually like on people's devices to be played like are people going to like it are people going to think it's not that great um so obviously there's lots of kind of emotional like um turmoil if you if you if that's the word yeah um but yeah I would say yeah we I think the only way to sort of approach launch like like this is like to be as ready as you can be so we we did things right we tested it 
We fixed bugs. Um, we even fixed a very sort of last minute bug that we um, that one of the testers sort of found the day before it launched. Um, so we, you know, we created a new build, we uploaded a new build. And then I think, yeah, so we did everything we could do on paper. And then, yeah, at some point you just have to press that button and like let it like be out there um, and just be prepared for like people's comments and feedback, which to be fair has been positive um, overall. Obviously there's always going to be, um, you know, comments and things that can be improved, but that's, that's fine. And actually it's really, it's really important to, to get that kind of feedback as well. Uh, but yeah, it was very, very in intense emotionally. I, I really felt, I, I didn't expect to be, to feel like that, to be fair. I, I, I don't norm I'm not normally that kind of nervous about um, a presentation or a release or like, because you, you know, you're, you're prepared, you've done everything right. You've been talking to a client for months and months. There's not going to be like a big surprise at the end. Oh, we don't like it. Or like, you, you kind of know like what's, what, what happened, but because we worked on it, just like a small team, just us internally and like a few people helping out in the studio, testing it. Um, I don't know if it was much more kind of, um, um, tension is not the right word, but, it's a word. Anxiety? No. Maybe anxiety, yeah. Yeah, you just, you know, you just hope that, like, people will like your baby. Yeah, maybe it's, like, um, fear of, like, rejection or... Apprehension? Uneasiness? Yeah, apprehension, maybe. Unease? Trepidation. Suspense. Yeah, I think maybe there was a bit more apprehension than there would normally be just because we put so much of us into that product that, you know, you just you just hope that people are going to like it as much as you like. I think that uh, for people who haven't seen the launch of, like, a personal game or project or app like that, you just think, oh, yeah, it was ready. Like, you don't really ever realize that, like, the other side of it, of, like, the, the like, nervous, oh, like, do you know, like... I, I would have never thought about that in any of the games that I'd played before. I'd never thought like, oh, wow, this game is like, I bet they were like, you know, like you're yeah, just you like. Yeah, you see the final product. It's working. It's beautiful. You know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Um, you always forget that behind the product, there's always a group of people. And like, I think it's really um, easy to forget that these people behind the product also are people like exactly like you so they have feelings and fears and you know um anxiety um but yeah when you when you sort of remember that behind everything that you've you come across was actually someone who made made it it's kind of um it brings a whole new level to it i think totally completely can you talk about any point in the process where you felt like you had done something that seemed like a failure um and one that it seemed like a success. Well, I think what's interesting about this project is that um, if anyone has read the um, piece that we wrote for WeTransfer, um, is that actually the whole project was basically born out of a big failure. So this was, again, before my time at Senep even, but I think the whole idea of, like, making a new game was born because... Um, the, the, the team were asked to come up for a pitch with like an idea for a successful game, which is a weird brief already, if you ask me. But anyway, this was a brief. And then they pitched this idea they had and like the client didn't like it. And so it was like, oh, 
great. So, you know, it was a failure. Like, uh, they haven't, you know, this is not right. We'll, we'll just park it. And then, and then from that, I think Matt and the team sort of managed to transform that failure into, well, actually, you know what? I think there's potential in this. We'll take it somewhere, like another direction. If they didn't like it, we'll just make something else out of it. So I think it started like from failure. So that's that's kind of interesting in itself. But I think if I have to think about um, from sort of with my project manager hat on, yeah, what I can say is that overall for me, this pro whole project was maybe a failure because we we went over budget considerably and like the launch has been like pushed back many times. It was supposed to be spring 2018 and then summer 2018 and then it ended up being November 2018. So quite, quite a long um, time after the initial sort of um, planned launch. But in a sense, it's not um, that big of a failure because there were other things that, to us were more important than sort of hitting a deadline or um, staying our, under the sort of set budget. I think the whole team was like very committed to make the best possible product. Um, and because we had the luxury of not really having like someone else's external dictating what we were doing uh, or like a sort of set pot of money that we couldn't like, um, you know, we, we couldn't sort of exceed. We, actually had the time to 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 refine everything to just explore things um to sort of take a path and then say oh this is not really right let's go back to you know a few steps even if that took a little bit more time or an extra you know week here and there um so i think in a sense like every personal projects are i find more difficult to manage in general because uh, it might seem absurd, but having like clients that give you constraints and like knowing that you can't really go over time or over budget uh, helps you like, and, and things, you know, because obviously it's client work, it gets prioritized in the studio. Everybody knows that's a priority. Um, you know, everyone works towards like that goal. It's, it's all very clear for everybody. Whereas with passion projects, it's always a bit like, oh, we've got a bit more time now. We're going to spend some time on it, but then we've got to go and like do client work for a few weeks and then go back to it. So it's kind of much harder to sort of keep the ball rolling and like keep everyone excited about it because they tend to drag for a long time as well. Whereas a client project is maybe like three or four intensive months and then it's done, it's out there. We can move on. Like personal projects tend to last a very long time. And obviously we are the like um, most critic, uh, critic of our own work. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really hard to kind of um, get to a point where you're like, yes, this is it. I'm happy with it. There's always like the moment where you're like, oh, we could do better. We could just like, if we could spend the extra day on it, it would be so much better. Like, so it's really hard to sort of stop yourself from like doing that all the time. One thing that I, obviously as a project manager, I'm always kind of like tempted to sort of say, this is good enough guys, let's move on. Let's like, we need, we need to get it out. But in some cases I really did see how, you know, um, spending the 
little bit of extra time or like um, exploring that route that didn't seem maybe um, so interesting at the beginning really led to a much better output. So I think that obviously um, you don't always have a luxury to do that, but if you can, like just sometimes going like um, off track for a little bit can really bring to something that's so much better and so much greater at the end. Um, so yeah, sometimes I, I, yeah, I think we just need to let um, people explore a little bit more and just um, when possible and if possible, the value of like that kind of that letting people kind of explore mm-hmm. is not a waste waste of time. It's easy to sort of say, oh, we haven't, you know, we haven't got much time, so we need to use every to make every second count, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sometimes. Um, exploration is not a waste of time um and when you can it's really valuable to sort of like explore alternatives and like push things because then you can really see i think with other but it's really it's there for everybody to see like the attention to detail and like the little um things that i was kind of like do we really need that guys we're you know we're like six months behind schedule like we should just get going then now when i when i when people find the little kind of um, evil Knievel helmet in the game and they go crazy and they go like, oh my God, this is like genius. And I'm like, yes, it is. It makes the game so much more fun and so much better for everybody. Whereas at the time I was kind of like, do we really need to like, um, you know, spend an extra day on this? Can we just move on to the next letter or, you know? So I think obviously, yeah, you need to, to find the right balance between the sort of exploring and like, uh, you know, improving things and the actual sort of at one point you need to get the product out there but um yeah there's value in both things that's really interesting to hear because I think the word failure is seen as such a negative thing and it makes people fear failure and it makes them fear pushing things too long or going over budget a little bit or spending a bit more time on it because uh oh that's failure and like that's bad (laughs) but it sounds like that word has a connotation that maybe doesn't need to be there because it can um prohibit like things just blossoming yeah Yeah, agreed so that's really interesting I think and I think failure is where you learn the like the most so I think you cannot become a better designer, developer, project manager, if you never fail, if you're always like perfect and right and like you're just going to keep doing the things the same way all the time. Whereas it's, I think when you fail on something that you really feel kind of, you go back and you sort of look at what you've done and like you learn from your mistakes and you just improve and, and get better at what you're doing. So I think it's definitely invaluable. Also, it's good to, I think it's important to know that none of us is perfect and none of us are invincible because I think there's a danger sometimes of like society sort of um, pushes us to look always at our best and like um, you know we're all kind of Ironman type of you know whatever but that's not who we are and like it's I think unhealthy to think that like you you are invincible and people around you are also the same way and it, it just it's just it just puts in such a sort of unhealthy vicious like cycle of like trying to having to hide your um your fears and like your stress and then I think when people feel that they have to hide that they just don't produce 
the best work they can they can, they don't they just don't do the, the best work they can do so i think actually being allowed to to be vulnerable and feeling that way and expressing that you know that vulnerability and the fear of failure or the actual fa- being able to share the actual failure with other people without feeling the judgment is like makes makes like everyone just like so much better at what they do i think we don't talk about it enough sometimes even when we do like debriefs at the end of, of the project i i do feel that people i can see there is that fear of like admitting that at any time in the process there was like an issue like people tend to be very diplomatic and be like oh yeah no, it'll work fine like yeah of course maybe a little bit of like we could improve these a little bit but like i i, I struggle to see like complete honesty i think it's very hard a because people want to be kind of you know like with other people I guess and like don't say oh I, I really didn't like feel that the way we work together uh, was good or but I think it's also because people don't want to be seen as like the ones that couldn't handle it and like the ones that couldn't fit into the process and the structure that was like prepared for them uh, whereas I think we're all different we all work in different ways and as I said part of our job as project managers I think is to try and build structures, if you want to call them that, where, but where people can work comfortably. So I think for us, it's very important to hear honest like feedback on on the structure that we put in place. Because if if that doesn't work, we, we just need to know to make sure that the next time we can sort of rethink it and like depending on the people we're working with, adapt it or change it slightly or dramatically uh, to make sure that everyone's sort of enabled to do their best work. So I just wish that sometimes um, people were like less worried about hurting our feelings uh, as project managers and more uh, thinking about how can, you know, how can we all improve this next time? Because I don't think I never take like this kind of feedback personally. I don't think it's about, I don't take it as like, I didn't do a good job. Uh, I just did what I thought was the best I could do at the time. And if that didn't work for any reason, I really want to know so that I can make it better next time. So yeah, I think I still see people struggling with that, but I always try and make it clear when we do a debrief, it's not about judging me as a person or worry about hurting my feelings. It's about working better together. But yeah, hopefully in time, we'll get there. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. <laughs> thank you no but like that's kind of the main driving force of like me wanting to do this podcast is like that exact reason for like people to just be more open about their failures and about things that aren't working so that you can like move forward because I think it's really hard to do it's hard you're you're scared of um, hurting other people's feelings it's also hard to hear because you're you're kind of scared how will I react to this you know you think oh I'm like a rational person, I'll be fine with it. But you never really know. Maybe it does will actually hurt your feelings and stuff. And so you kind of are like doing this little dance of like. I mean, obviously, it always does because you. I mean, I always wish like I, I you know, I just done it perfectly with you know. But I think the more you you hear like feedback, the more you get feedback, the the better you become at sort of taking it the right way as well. I think we we're also scared of giving other people's feedback and like, but it's just because, yeah, we, we just don't do it enough. We just don't practice it enough. If that was like a more kind of regular thing, like I, I think people would, would be less scared of like giving feedback and would be much better at taking feedback as well. 
completely agreed. I, I have nothing more to add. <laughs> Move on. Ditto. I'll get a, I'll get a crisp. Is there a more? <laughs> okay. I'm saying it so well. So my last question doesn't really have to do with Alpha Putt, but just uh, is a question that I'm just curious about. What is your opinion on the comment that project management is for women or that mostly women are drawn to it? Do you think that that is true and why it might be? Well, I think definitely in, like, historically, that's been the narrative. Like, women are good at, like, looking after people, the house or whatever it was in the past, the family. Um, and also, as I said, a big part of, like, project management is actually a kind of looking after people and making sure things run smoothly and, you know, that everyone's happy. And so obviously there is some, some sort of um, connection there. So I think maybe there is sort of natural inclination, like women tend to be attracted to that kind of role maybe. But I think if, if you ask me, I don't, I don't think there's any connection be like between gender and how well someone can perform a task. That's just absolutely... Um, just not not true not the case so I think a man uh, can be a great project manager and a woman can be a great creative director there's no no connection there but I can see how in history this has been the sort of narrative if you like and also I think maybe project management has been seen as a as a safer choice like if, if a woman wants to progress in, a, in the creative industries that's probably where it would be seen less as a sort of there would be sort of less objections to a woman's project progression in this kind of line of work. Whereas I can see that like often when it comes to sort of design and creative directors, women seem to find it harder to sort of. It's, I, I mean, it's my understanding that it's because women generally have to take time off from their jobs to be pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And then like when you come back into it, because the industry is so evolving and changing so quickly that like you're behind suddenly and it's hard to then keep moving forward when you take a step back, you know? Why is that not? Well, well, in my opinion, I think that that structure that we put into place is because men were always at the top. But if we can get more women at the top running the businesses, being the creative directors, being in charge, it'll be more of a normal thing for women to go away for a yeah. little bit of time and come back and still have that position. Because right now, society is accepting the fact that like women go away and come back and do a lesser job or like not the same job. But if we can put women into place and show, and then you have like more people just have that example of like, yes, it's fine to go away and come back and you can still be that important person who's running a big ship. It, you know, like it'll become more normal. I think that more women just need to like do yeah, that. I absolutely agree. We just need like more women at the top. Also, I think traditionally, like it's easier to hire someone your same gender to do your job. So if the male creative director is interviewing for a designer position, not because it's evil, but you know, it'll just feel probably, you know, kind of more um, keen to, uh, to hire a guy instead of instead of a girl to do the job. Uh, and same again with project manager. If I'm interviewing for a sort of PM assistant job, maybe I'll be more inclined to hire a girl because I think she'll be as organized as I am or whatever. But actually, what I was going to say is also that I think we as women have maybe tend to not 
go get what we want as much as men do. I'm gonna phrase, I'm just gonna try and explain what I mean, but like, I can't remember what study it was that I read, but like, if a job is like 10 requirements, if a woman only knows how to do nine things out of 10, she won't apply. If a man knows how to do two things out of 10, he will apply and say, I will learn the other eight on the job, whatever. So I think somehow, because of like how society has always like, um, you know, historically worked, um, we as women have been not so brave um, sometimes and like, I, I'm a project manager because I love project management and I wouldn't want to do anything else. But I do realize that some women find these line of work a safer option and that maybe they wanted to be a designer or a creative director, but they didn't dare because maybe they think they weren't as good as their male like uh, classmates or whatever. And so they sort of took these other job to, to stay in the industry but like in a safer kind of line of work for, for them um so i think maybe there has been a lack of like braveness like mm. of like being able to say no like project manager i don't want to do that i just want to be creative director i just want to be on stage get the awards like all my male colleagues do um, and I just want to do that. And no matter, like, if I will have to take a break because I'm pregnant, I'll come back and I'll keep doing the job and I'll prove everybody that, you know, I'm the best. I think we maybe haven't been as, like, decisive, if you, if you, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word, though. I completely hear you. Like, I think, and, th- and this question is not to say that, like, I think project management is, like, a secondary thing or, like, less than or whatever. Like, I think that, on the on the other on the other hand, it means that like maybe there's men out there who like yeah, want like, to be project yeah. management project managers and they feel like this is a job for women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's totally yeah. And that's not to say either that like like I think project management is essentially like you're running a a, a ship almost like that is easily the next level of like you're running a business like oh totally like such a misconception like everyone thinks that the hard job is to be creative but like um oh yeah project management can also be long hours sometimes and like uh, juggling multiple things at the same time multiple clients and like as I was saying sort of taking the the pressure off people who are actually doing the work means that you are the one sort of like bearing the pressure on their behalf so yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't know why there's this kind of conception that like uh, project managing is like a safer like option for women because it's as stressful sometimes even more than. But yeah, I think maybe you're right. It's not just women. It's like on both sides, there's been a sort of lack of freedom in sort of expressing uh, what we want to do as individuals, uh, and just like sort of it's easier sometimes to kind of follow what's been traditionally done before. So like, you know, women do project management and um, men just do design. And like, that's the way it's always been. And like, it's harder to challenge something that's accepted, uh, obviously. But yeah, I think in, yeah, in both cases, maybe there's a bit of a lack of courage in like just expressing what we want to do rather than like just following what everyone else is doing. So yeah, just Go for what you what you feel is right for yourself. If you feel you want to be a designer, just go for it. Uh, if you want to be a project manager, just go for it. Completely agree. What a great note to end on. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. <laughs> Damn it. So, so cheesy. <laughs>
Thanks so much to Sophia for sharing all her insights on project management in this episode. And thanks to Foundlings for the music. You can find them at Foundlings underscore UK on Basecamp, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay tuned for the second episode, where I'll be speaking to developer Yang about an exciting project for an A-list celebrity. See you next time.